This is All India Radio. In the program Spotlight, now we bring you a discussion on Indian Prime Minister's clarion call for united fight against COVID-19 at G7 Virtual Summit. The participants are Anil Vadva, former diplomat, and Indrani Bhakti, journalist. Good evening and welcome to this edition of Spotlight. Today we will discuss the Prime Minister Narendra Modi's intervention at the G7 outreach session where he participated in three sessions between Saturday and Sunday. The issues he covered were on health, technology and digital transformation, climate biodiversity as well as economic resilience. The Prime Minister made his interventions at the health session on Saturday evening. And to take us through what the Prime Minister said and what its implications are for Indian foreign policy and for global policy at the moment, we are joined by Ambassador Anil Vadha. Mr. Vadha, if you could give us a sense of what you made of the Prime Minister's remarks yesterday. Well, I think the Prime Minister, while speaking at the session on uh, global health challenges, appropriately outlined how India has tackled this issue of the pandemic and particularly in the second wave and the issues that have arisen since the beginning of the pandemic and how India could play a role worldwide in this respect. So in that context, I think it was important for him to, first of all, commit India to the solution, the collective solution of global health challenges. And as you know, India has been in the forefront of distributing vaccines in the first phase. And of course, at this moment, India itself is facing a shortage of vaccines. So therefore, that process has been stalled a bit. But it is going to be very crucial once again when India starts producing more vaccines. And then a number of countries of the global south will be once again looking to India in this process. But, you know, in the approach that he outlined, he said there has to be one approach of the entire earth to this. So he called it one earth, one health approach, which means there should be solidarity amongst all the states in the world to deal with this pandemic. They should look at it in a manner in which they can work together. And for that, he said it was necessary also to help in keeping the raw materials for vaccines easily available. So in that, of course, it's very important that the G7 supports this proposal, which India and South Africa has made at the WTO for a TRIPS waiver. So the TRIPS waiver, of course, as we have been informed by a number of people, that the TRIPS waiver, even if it comes through, may not actually yield quick turnaround on the vaccine front, especially in times of this pandemic. And for that, I think there's something else that the Prime Minister talked about, which is to keep open supply chains for vaccine raw materials and components. We saw some movement on that from the U.S. side. Do you think that there will be a movement from European countries as well? Or who are other primary suppliers for components for vaccines? I think in the light of what has happened with the decision being taken in the United States quite recently to make sure that these supply chains are kept open, it is important for the Prime Minister to once again stress before the rest of the G7 countries that vaccine raw materials and components are very important in order that countries like India would keep producing more vaccines, not only for India, but also for the rest of the world. And in that respect, I think there was clear support, which uh, was received from countries like France. President Macron was speaking on the first day of this summit where Prime Minister Modi was not there. But we saw that Prime Minister Macron 
Macron supported the G7 going in that direction. So I think it's a good development and I expect that the declaration would also talk about, you know, support for this move or this proposal to keep open the supply chains of vaccines and raw materials. Something that the British Prime Minister Boris Johnson spoke about, which was also, I mean, one of the themes of the G7 summit is, of course, build back stronger, which is somewhat in line with Biden's own campaign slogan of build back better. But I noticed that Boris Johnson had another slogan saying build back greener with climate change and dealing with climate change is a big issue and a big part of the G7 summit. Prime Minister himself is fairly committed on the climate front. And if you could give us a sense of what kind of commitments you expect India to make on the climate front, not merely for this summit, but also moving towards the November COP26, which will be held in Glasgow. So as far as India is concerned, I think India has already made some significant announcements in the past. We must remember that one of the most important issues that India has been raising is about climate finance. And what we do expect today in the declaration is that there would be a movement towards a greater commitment from the G7 for fulfilling their promises of climate finance. Now, based on that, of course, India has made some announcements in the past, but given its current situation where it's grappling with the pandemic, I do not expect that there would be any dramatic announcement to be made in addition to what um, has been committed already. But of course, there would be a reiteration of what India has committed already in terms of carbon emissions. And there would be, you know, an outlining of the steps that India has taken in that regard so that the Prime Minister would put forward his commitment to keep the promises that have been made already. He would definitely talk more about enhancing the alternate fuel plan as far as India is concerned and to uh, be turning more into other than fossil fuels as far as climate change is concerned. I don't, however, see anything dramatic which is going to add to what India has committed already. Which is also interesting to, to go back to what you said a little earlier on the whole vaccine front. The G7 has committed to providing a billion doses of COVID vaccines to the global south. And I presume that India would be one of the main manufacturers of such vaccines to the Global South, which would be in addition to the Quad commitment on another billion global COVID vaccines. But there's something else that G7 Summit is coming out with, which is quite interesting. It is another infrastructure plan, a global infrastructure plan for poorer countries as a sort of counter move to the Chinese BRI. How do you think that might play out? Yes, so I think this has been in the works for a while. And as we know that the United States has already come out with more commitments towards infrastructure as far as the Indo-Pacific is concerned in the past. But, you know, collectively speaking, as far as the G7 is concerned, the Build Back Better World project is aimed, you know, squarely at competing with Beijing's trillion dollar Belt and Road Infrastructure Initiative. Because the G7 has been criticizing it, so have other countries in the region for saddling the smaller countries with unmanageable debt. Now, we know that the Blue Dot Network that has been talked about for quite some time, and which was actually way back in 2019 for the Indo-Pacific between three countries, Australia, US and Japan at that point, has been talking about building on the G7 principles, and this is taking it a little further. The, the details have not spelled out on the first day, but I expect that there will be more details which will come out 
in the communique at the traditional end of summit communique right. when the declaration is made on the other policies one of the things that the prime minister spoke about was the digital aspect of india's approach to covid he said india had adopted a whole of society approach to covid and used technology and open source digital tools for contact tracing and for vaccine management he is also offered to share this both technology and experience with other developing countries would that be part of the outreach that is envisaged or would that be a purely an india initiative well i think that's something which uh, will definitely find a mention in the health part of the declaration and i suppose the indian example would be figuring in there especially because it's been outlined at uh, in some length by prime minister modi but you know the whole concept of contact tracing etc and using uh, you know digital technologies in that respect would require a cooperation between the developed countries especially the G7 and then ultimately the G7 working with the G20 to make sure that this technology is available and these tools are available to the global south as well going forward if we have to fight this pandemic so that's something which will figure also i presume at the WTO meetings at the WHO meeting which is coming up in the near future and it would be definitely figuring in the G7 communique So both China and Russia but certainly China has been fairly dismissive of the G7 summit and arguing that this is an old grouping and it doesn't reflect current reality. Do you believe that G7 actually has a future that is credible or is this whole democracies and the transparent societies that pledge that everybody has made do you think that is sustainable in this current world uh, situation i think the g7 has a role to play regardless of what china has to say about the g7 obviously because china is not part of this grouping so therefore that criticism is to be expected because china expects to be there on the strength of its uh, economic heft but of course this disqualification comes in because of other issues like uh, democracy etc but at the same time this time the g7 is going to also have a number of references to china itself and that therefore is a reaction that's the first point second point is if you look at what the g7 is going to come out with at this summit i think it's much more significant than at the previous summit at least comparatively speaking boris johnson himself is launching a 500 million dollars blue planet fund to protect the oceans and marine life much of it go towards helping countries in the pacific indonesia countries like that the literal states in africa and of course today's declaration on uh, commitments to climate are also going to be significant also we have a number of other um, issues we already talked about the health declaration but we also have you know the nature compact which is halting and reversing biodiversity loss by 2030 and then to global target to conserve or protect at least 30% of land and oceans by the end right. of this decade so all these are very significant issues and i don't think they can be overlooked the g7 meeting will definitely have an impact going forward there seems to be some disagreement between g7 countries on how to approach china not everybody seems to want to take a very confrontational approach to china since you have dealt with China for so many years and you've dealt with this whole issue how do you think India should position itself between what the US led west is advocating and where our interests are 
See, as far as China is concerned, I think the main difference of approach is between uh, the European countries, particularly Germany and Italy on the one hand, and then United States and Canada and uh, France, uh, for example, on the other. Obviously, the differences are there because uh, of the direct impact it has on the economic interests and ties between countries. And as far as China is concerned, we already have um, a very deep economic engagement between Europe and China. The strategic geopolitical aspect of it is not so pronounced uh, as far as these countries are concerned. If you compare that with, say, the impact that uh, has been felt in the United States or indeed in uh, in other countries like Canada, etc. The countries of the Quad are particularly interested in the outcome of this declaration. But now, of course, um, as far as India is concerned, you know how we have managed this relationship so far that we have uh, tried to, um, you know, compete where we can and wherever we can cooperate, we have cooperated as well. Uh, our main issue today, as you know, is uh, the issue of the live border, which uh, yeah. where we're still grappling after one whole year, trying to make sure that we go back to the status quo ante. And to a situation where the agreements between our two countries are honored by the Chinese side. And that has still not happened. So it's casting a shadow on, you know, other relationships, especially the economic relationship. Uh, so I suspect that till that issue is not resolved, this relationship is going to limp along in a similar way. And India will keep insisting on uh, going back to status quo and day and to honoring the commitments on the border with China. Thank you so much, Ambassador Wadhwa, for all your uh, insights. Thank you. Thank you. You were listening to a discussion on Indian Prime Minister's clarion call for united fight against COVID-19 at G7 Virtual Summit. The participants were Anil Wadhwa, former diplomat, and Indrani Bhakti, journalist. This program was produced and presented by the New Services Division of All India Radio. You can listen to it on our mobile app, News on AIR. This program is also available on our website newsonair.nic.in. You may email your opinion about this program at airnsdtalks at gmail.com.